Good morning, every nation. That song is very prophetic. See you next week. We are seeing you today. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Wasn't that worship amazing? Yes, let's give a round of applause to our Lord and say thank you for what you're doing. Amen. We, we trust in God that every time we gather together, we'll have encounters with Jesus. And through our worship, we do have encounters with Him. So don't miss a corporate prayer worship night this coming Thursday, where we linger longer in the presence of God. Not only two minutes, we linger longer in the presence of God. So friends, every so often we give a praise report of the things that God is doing. Uh, we have started doing this last year where we want to quarterly give a praise report of the things that God is doing so He can celebrate with us, but also to give feedback where we need to give feedback. We had a, a survey late last year where we just heard from you uh, areas of improvement, and we want to give you feedback of that survey so you can see that we take you seriously when you communicate to us as leaders. So remember, our vision as a church is to see lives, communities, and society transformed through discipleship, in the Word, the presence, and the power of God. And in a nutshell, we say we love God, love people, and love our city. So we are convinced that if this city is to be transformed, we need to make disciples. Can I hear amen today? And that's in line with the Word that we're going to hear in five minutes' time. So good, good uh, prayer report, a praise report. Last Sunday, we had our Connect Sunday. We had 400 people sign up to join Connect Groups. That's worth a celebration. Amen. And 65 people signed up to start new connect groups. We celebrate that as well. Amen. Because the life of the church is in the small groups, that's why we celebrate this. We want to see every member of this church being in connect groups. And we will continue to punt this until we get it right. We, because we believe primarily we look after, we pastor the people through our connect groups. So feedback from the survey we had 758 people who responded to the survey, and of the 758 people, you can see the continuum. This side is strongly agree, this side is strongly disagree. And if you were to use, uh, this side would be, uh, if I can get there, this side would be three thumbs up, two thumbs up, ah, and this side is, we have to improve. So... I'm connecting with God in worship. 67% of people said we're connecting with God in worship. And the nine people this side, we're saying we want you to get to that place where you can connect with God in worship because you are important to God and to us. The next one is sermons are interesting and help me mature spiritually. We had 73% of people saying we are really connecting through the word and the sermons, they are helping us. We want to continue to improve as preachers in this house. And the six people there were saying, we are hearing you. We want you to also connect with God through the preaching of the word. Amen. Also, I feel welcome in this church. 75% of people say they feel welcome. About 19% say, yeah, we can improve. And this group as well say, we can improve. And we do all that we can to improve, to make sure that everyone feels welcome. And you can also help us by saving on a Sunday when you are available. Also, I'm happy with kids' ministry. So you'll see the responses here is 508 people. So not everyone has got kids uh, at kids' church. But of the responses, 63% said we're very happy with kids' church. Uh, some improvement, some improvement there. Uh, youth, um, we really feel like we need to give attention to youth. 53% of people said we can do better with youth. 
happy, but we can do better. So all that to say, we are hearing you, and we want to do better. Uh, I feel cared for as a member of Every Nation Rose Bank. 55% of people said they feel cared for. Also, these people say, feel cared for, but we can improve. And that group, they're saying, we can definitely improve. So I want to say that, as I've said it before, we look after people primarily through the small groups. We are a church of 1,800 people, so therefore there's no way that you can have five pastors look after all the people. But we have a vibrant pastoral care ministry, and I'm going to tell you about what pastoral care ministry is offering and is doing. So because we like to create clarity in this church, I just thought I should show you our organizational culture, our organogram. We have anchor pastors who lead services. Myself and my wife, we lead the 8.30 and 10.15 with a team. And then we also have Pastor Lereko leading 12 o'clock service, Pastor Sivue and Marsha leading the 5 o'clock service. Pastor Roger Pierce is our teaching and coaching pastor, will be back with us in two weeks' time. They have been on sabbatical and they are coming back. So we look forward to Pastor Roger giving us a word on the 25th of Feb. Uh, we also have an executive team that uh, reports to myself because I only have seven direct reports. I cannot have the whole staff reporting to me. That's a recipe for disaster. Can I hear amen to that? So the executive, we have Keth, who's in charge of finances. If you have questions on finances, don't come to me. Go to Keth Hechter. You can see how the pastor just worked himself out of a job. Support services, human resource, IT, admin facilities. They report to Dennis Neville. We have Belinda Wrigley under creative, worship, sound, comms, and media. We also have operations reporting to Pastor Seviwe, services and events, discipleship, birth and hosting and volunteers. Some of the ministries that still reports to me, kids, youth, and pastoral care. Now, the person who leads our pastoral care is Pastor Greg Peak. Gregory Peak. Uh, some of you know him as a Prophet Peak. Um, pastoral ministry, these are the things that we have in pastoral ministry. We have prayer. As you heard Jesse rightly say this morning, we want to be a praying church. So we have Pastor Nicola and Masha Noche leading our prayer ministry. We have a number of prayer groups uh, happening in the church. Ministry team, these are the people that praise after the service, praying for people. Pastor Gloria, who's here, she leads our ministry team. Now, I thought I should pause here and give you just two testimonies of what happens through the ministry team. At times, we don't hear back the feedback, but whenever we get the feedback, we want to share with you testimonies because testimonies build faith. So last week, uh, there was a couple that came back and said, Pastor Sai, about two months ago, you prayed for us, and we've been struggling to fall pregnant for many years now, and we are now pregnant. <laughs> Praise God for that. Amen. I was screaming and shouting and jumping, and the guy standing next to me says, you are so happy as if it is your own child. I said, no, it's because God answers prayer. I don't think my wife will be thrilled with me wanting another child. Pre-marriage and marriage ministry, my wife, together with Graham and Lauren Foxton, they give oversight to that ministry. We have pre-marriage mentors, we have marriage mentors, so if you ever need it to connect with our mentors, we have them readily available to assist. We also have counseling and counseling training, uh, Pastor Gregory Peak uh, looking after that. We have Victory Weekend, uh, Pastor Lereko and Nicola, who leads our Victory Weekend. We have the well. Now, I need to explain the well. The well is like advanced counseling. So if people, you've been struggling with something, you've been carrying for many years, and it just doesn't seem to go, the well is for you. Victory Weekend will help, but if you feel like you need a uh, more uh, intense intervention, it will be the well. We also have Discover Every Nation. 
Now, Discovery Nation is to help people who are new in our family to get into the life of the church. We also have prophetic ministry who are doing a phenomenal job. If you didn't know, every time we have baptisms, we have baby dedications, we also have something called prophetic presbytery. On a Saturday, we open up uh, upstairs and we prophesy over people. And some of the words have been profound, amazing words. So this is what we're offering as a church. And grow courses where we teach about finances, about how to have a healthy, strong marriage, family. We also teach about hearing God's voice. We have a number of courses in the library at Grow Course. So this is what we do in this church. There's a whole lot more we do, but don't ever feel like you're not cared for. We have all these great things for you. Can I hear amen to that? All these people, their contact details are on the church website. So if you want to contact any of them, feel free to do so. Please open with me the book of Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. By the way, next week we are going to start a sermon series called The Word of God. We were going to do a series on relationships, but when God speaks, you drop everything. And the Lord said we need to do a series on the Word because we need to get into the Word because some of the things that we struggle with, we wrestle with, it may just be because we're not in the Word. Can I hear amen to that? So for four weeks from next week, we're going to be in the Word. And today, as we continue and ending off the series on just one, take the risk. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus. In Luke 15, verse 3, he says, What kind of man who has a hundred sheep will not leave the 99 when one of them is lost? Go after the one until he finds it. And he says when he comes back, he will call his friends and they will rejoice for the one that was lost is now found. So Jesus is that kind of a shepherd that will leave the 99 in the open country because they are together, they have fellowship together and go for the one because the one is as important as the 99. And the 99 is as important as the one. I want to say to you this morning that found people find other people. You heard this from Pastor Rex last week. Found people find other people. Because we are found, we will also go to find others. Because we have been found by the great shepherd, we also go to find others. Therefore, we take a risk. We go to find other people. So when we say just one, we're simply saying, can you join us this year to love one person to Christ? Can you join us this year just to trust God, to love one person, to walk with one person until they have this loving, amazing relationship with our Lord and Savior? We are not content with having this experience by ourselves. We want to share this experience with others. Can I hear amen to that? It was Bill Hybels who said, nobody comes to Christ unless somebody takes a risk. Nobody comes to Christ unless someone is obedient enough to take the risk and share the good news. And normally we think that if I'm to reach the lost, I need to make time for it. I need to cover out time to go on an outreach. But I'm here to say, you don't always have to cover out time. All you have to do is to have a bit of breathing room in your daily schedule so when those God moments arrive, you're ready to respond. When those God opportunities arise, you can say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to make you known to this person. Can we stop long enough to make him known to others? Can we stop long enough to recognize that God is working in someone and share the good news with them? On Friday, I was dropping my car for service 
at one of the garages around. And uh, as I've dropped the car, this guy is driving with me. Uh, one of the mechanics is driving with me to drop me at the office. I had a 9 o'clock meeting. And we literally had 10 minutes before I get here and I go to my meeting. And as we were driving, I start sharing the good news with this guy. And I see God is working in his heart. And I give him an opportunity to give his life to the Lord. And right there and there, he closes his eyes. Don't you know when someone is driving and they close their eyes, it's, it's disaster. It's, I was like, you can pray with your eyes open, bro. But he gave his life to the Lord. We thank God that he gave his life to the Lord. His name is written in the Lamb's book of life because in the 10-minute space, God had an appointment with him. God had an appointment with him. So we take the risk. We let him know. We make him known. And the people will make the decision. I'm reading from verse 10 of Acts chapter 9. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Hear my Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying and he has seen in a vision a name named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how he must suffer for the sake of my name. What a prophetic word. How he must suffer for my name. We just want good prophetic words. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. And, and he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And, and has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ, that Jesus was the Savior. May the Lord bless the reading and the study of His Word. Can I hear amen to that? As I read this portion of Scripture, there are three things that scream at me that I believe God wants to say to us this morning. The first thing I see in this portion of Scripture is I see that God is saying we need to pray for the lost. We need to go to the lost because they are God's chosen instruments. We need to pray for the lost. We need to go to the lost. And we need to Bring them as God's instruments before Him. Now, praying for the lost is very important because I do believe that prayer fuels the preaching of the gospel. 
Prayer is an acceleration that helps the gospel to be preached. Let's talk a little bit about prayer. I do believe that when we pray, two things happen. When we pray, God gives us a heart for the lost. You remember these words, Lord, break my heart with the things that break your heart. God is feeling this distance between His children who are alienated from Him, who, from him, who are estranged from Him. And God is saying, I want them back. And through your prayers, they can come back. As we were reading this portion of Scripture, you realize that Ananias was in a place of prayer. The Bible said he had a vision. So I'm thinking to myself, the only way I get visions is when I'm half asleep, Brother Greg. So I don't know about you. When half asleep, waiting on the Lord, or you're praying, you get a vision. So I think that Ananias was in a place of prayer that he received a vision from the Lord. And God said, I want you to go to the street called Straight. The Bible is very straight. They're sending Paul, Saul, to the house which is on straight street because God wanted to straighten him out. That's just my extrapolation of the name of the street. I also am amazed by the fact that Saul, while he was blind, he was praying. Remember, at this time, he had had an encounter with Jesus, but he had not even had a sinner's prayer. He had not even given his life to the Lord, but he was praying. And I was thinking to myself, there are so many people out there that are praying, that are desperate for the mercy of Jesus Christ, and you and I are their answer to their prayers. You and I, if we say yes to the Lord by prayer, we will be able to bring them to this loving relationship with the Lord. I was just blown away after the first service this morning. A certain mother comes to me, and she gives me this paper. And on this paper... She's written the name of her son, and she says, please call him. He's my son. He needs someone to go to. He needs someone to go to him. My point is, the mother is praying. I don't know if this guy is also praying and desperate, whatever the situation is, but it is when we pray, we can respond to calls like this. It is when we pray that we can see people the way God sees them, not the way we see them. It is when we pray that we develop a heart to say, God, there is a dying world out there. Think about it this way, that you are sitting here today because someone went to the lost. Someone went and said, yes, Lord, I will go. And there comes a time when someone will thank the Lord that you said yes to God. You had a habitual yes that Kevin York was talking about a few weeks ago that we need to develop a muscle of being obedient to God and having this habitual yes and saying, yes, Lord, we will go. I want to encourage you to pray for the lost. It was Charles Spurgeon who said, let us make sure that no one goes to hell unwarned or unprayed for. Let us make sure that no one goes to hell unwarned or unprayed for. Let us warn the people, but let's also pray for them. Prayer is that fuel that accelerates the preaching of the gospel. I just, I'm so blown away by how Saul, the same guy we're talking about, you, you fast forward to Ephesians chapter 6, he's been this accomplished apostle and he prays and he says, guys, please stand with me. Pray also that every time I open my mouth, words may be given me so I can fearlessly proclaim the gospel. Pray for me that I can fearlessly speak of the good news of others. Pray that I'll have the boldness to speak the good news. Prayer is directly connected to the preaching of the gospel. 
we need to go to the lost. Rise and go to the street called straight. Saying yes to God and having this, this habitual yes. I'm grateful that Thomas Rassani, who led me to the Lord, he was the Youth for Christ leader. I'm grateful that he said yes to the Lord. I'm grateful that uh, he said yes to the Lord because out, out of his ministry, my wife also got saved. So I'm more grateful that he said yes to the Lord. We need to say yes to the Lord. Rise and go to the street called straight and share the good news with those who do not know him. We need to get into the world of those people who do not know the Lord. We need to get into their world so that we can make Christ known to them. And my third point is this. They may just be God's chosen instrument. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name to the Gentiles, to the kings, and to the children of Israel. Let me just put it to you this way. Don't we sometimes write people off? You see someone with lots of tattoos and you're just thinking, this one will not make it to heaven. This one is just not going to make it to heaven. I'm not even going to waste time to share the gospel with them. You have a colleague who's always, when they open their mouth, is foul, foul language, and you're thinking, oh man, this one will never make it to heaven. I'll just be wasting time sharing the gospel. Let me put it this way. Chief Justice Mokweng Mokweng, most of you know him, Chief Justice, Constitutional Court. He was sharing his testimony with a few Christian leaders uh, two weeks ago. And this is what he says. He says, before he got saved, he used to move from one Sangoma to another, trying to find success, trying to get healing for his soul. He had moved to so many Sangomas that he got to one of this chief Sangoma, if something like that exists. And this guy said, you know what? We've given you everything that we have. Uh, can I suggest to you that you go check out the church? As Sangoma said, go and check out the church. See if they can help you. We've used everything that we can. And when he said that, I remember the scripture that says, even the demons believe there's power in the name of Jesus. There is power to transform in the name of Jesus. And guess what? He went and to the church. He got saved. Now he's God's chosen instrument. But for me, that story is saying, should we wait for Sangomas to preach the gospel on our behalf? No. No, no, we cannot. We cannot. We need to go. We need to go because who knows? Who knows that those people are called to serve the kings? Those people are called to go into our government and bring in the good news. Those people are called, like Saul, who became Paul, to go and preach the good news everywhere God has called them to be. Who knows? So my challenge to you is let us not wait for Sangomas to preach the gospel on our behalf. Azange. We must not make excuses and say it's awkward sharing the gospel with my colleague. You have nothing to lose. You make him known. They make the decision. In closing, Ananias took the risk. He took the risk with Saul. What does risk stand for? Relate. Get into a relationship with the lost. Invest in those relationships. Share the good news and keep walking with them. Invest in the relationships. Invest. And how do you invest in the relationship? It may just be when someone is in need that you are there to pray for them. It may be that when, when, when someone's car is broken down, you are there to help them. You wait long enough to be able to help those who are in need. 
It was John Maxwell who said, he will not share the gospel with someone until he has added value in their lives. So you add value in someone's life. And guess what? When they are in need, who are they going to call? You. Because they know that you care. So my heart and my challenge to you is let's relate. Let's invest. Let's share the gospel. I love how Ananias went to Paul and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when he said this, it was not just physically restoring his eyesight, but he was saying, now your spiritual eyes are going to be open. When we get saved, our spiritual eyes are open. We get to see things we did not see before. When we get saved, that we understand that we can see people in God's eyes, not only with our physical eyes. When he looked at Saul, even though he had killed people, he didn't see him as a guy who killed people, who came to arrest him. He said, Brother Saul, because he saw him in spiritual eyes. So I want to put to you this way, that some of us have lost our spiritual eyesight. Some of us have lost the way we should see the lost world out there. And not only do we share the gospel, we keep walking with people. We don't give birth to babies and abandon them. We give birth to babies and we look after them. So when you share the gospel with someone, keep walking with them. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples and immediately preached Christ in the synagogues because someone discipled him. He spent some days with the disciples and the Bible says immediately he went and preached the gospel. I like the word immediately because as Pastor Rex shared with us last week, we tend to think that I need to wait until I've done victory weekend, making disciples. I need to wait until I have a degree in theology before I can share the gospel. No, we all can share the gospel. We all can share the good news, sharing your experience of Christ. I like my wife's story. She got saved when she was 13 years old. And it was on a Friday she got saved. She said she had them preach from John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not die but have everlasting love. She was so blown away by this love that she has in God. And the following day, she went from house to house preaching the gospel, and all she had was John 3.16. All she had was John 3.16. And she was not even deterred by dogs barking at her and chasing her away. She went and shared the gospel with the people. I always thought that I married up Pastor Caroline went. I always thought, I mean, my wife, she's always looking for opportunities to share the good news with other people. And this is to say to all of us, we can trust God for just one. Just one. Just one. In closing, we grow in Christ when we stop long enough, reach out, and walk with others. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful. Even when people were worried and scared about who he was, he grew more and more powerful. You want to grow in God? Reach the lost. When you grow, when, when you reach the lost, something happens. On Friday, after I shared the good news with this guy, even though we only had 10 minutes, I still had time to take a salvation selfie. <laughs> Did you know there's something called salvation selfie? You know where it comes from? The same scripture we mentioned, Luke 15, it says there's more joy and rejoicing in heaven when one soul comes to the Lord. 
So I'm rejoicing. I'm taking this selfie so I can share with others and rejoice that the one soul that was lost has come home to our Father. So you take the challenge and take salvation selfies. Go out there, share the good news, and share testimonies with us. Even if it's not a selfie, share those testimonies with us. Send them to Pastor Jesse, our discipleship pastor. We trust in God that we will touch and reach the city of Joburg. But how are we going to do that? Will we stop long enough? Remember I shared with you two weeks ago, my son was involved in an accident while cycling to school. A car hit him from the back. Something amazing happened there. The lady who witnessed the whole thing said she saw angels. We don't know if she's saved or not, but she said, when I saw this accident, I just saw angels. Your son could not be alive today. The other thing that happened there that just blew my mind away is uh, Evelyn Mabunu, who's here today. She lives in the area where the accident happened. She stopped long enough to notice that I know that face. What tends to happen is we sometimes see commotion. We sometimes see things happening, but we are in a rush. We don't stop long enough to see someone suffering, to see someone saying, I need help. I'm dying here. I'm grateful to God that Evelyn stopped, recognized, noticed our son, got out of her car and helped with the situation. Even my daughters who were there, she was able to take them to school. But the main thing I want to say is, can we stop long enough? and recognize and notice people who are dying in Joburg? Can we stop long enough and say, we will not let you go to hell for as long as we are here, we're going to pray you into heaven. Can we stop long enough and say, we'll make the good news known. We would have warned you. It is your choice to receive it or not. Can we stop long enough for just one? Can we stop long enough? Can we stop long enough? That is my prayer to you. Let's not just be comfortable with doing church. Let's stop long enough to notice a dying world around us. Let's stand to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that we will carry the burden that you carry for the dying world. I pray that, God, we will not be comfortable, Father, with our lives just moving from one meeting to another, from one schedule to another. But Lord, may we have breathing room in our calendars where we can be able to stop long enough to notice the dying world. It is my prayer this morning, God, that we will recognize that you have sent us to reconcile men to you, God. Help us to stop long enough. I believe this morning there may be some people who are here who are saying, I have not given my life to Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. If you are here and you know, maybe someone invited you to church, but you know in the depths of your heart that you've not committed your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. If you are here, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand wherever you are and say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be Lord and Savior of my life. If you are here, just raise your hand wherever you are. If you want to give your life to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, just raise your hand right where you are. Just raise your hand right where you are so we can pray for you. You know it is you when 
your heart is just racing and you're feeling like God is calling you to a home. He's calling you to a loving relationship. If you are here, just raise your hand. Or maybe you are here and you know you've moved away from that loving relationship that you used to have with Jesus. Thank you, my brother. Anyone else? You're here. You've moved away from that loving relationship that you used to have with the Lord. Just raise your hand so we can pray with you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Thank you, my sister. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to our Lord and Savior Jesus. Thank you. Keep your hands raised. Thank you, my brother. Anyone else? Thank you. Lord, I pray that you help those who are hearing from you but are struggling to make this bold step. All those who raise their hands, can I ask you to come to the front so we can pray with you? We're not going to ask you to say anything. We just want to pray with you. As you make this bold step, it is for you to start a loving relationship with the Lord. Please come to the front. Let's give them a round of applause as they come. Thank you. Thank you. Please come and stand over here. Please bring your belongings if you have a bag. Thank you, my brother. Come stand here. Stand here. Face me. Face this way. Thank you. Stand here. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, my sister. Please come stand here. Please pray after me. This is a prayer of dedication to the Lord, of giving your lives to God. Church, can we join them as they pray this prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you. We humble ourselves and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.